Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Amen. You know, I personally have gone through three different freedom groups uh, in the last two years. And uh, freedom has this thing. It, I don't know what it does. I, and I, and here, here's what I'm going to tell you. For all of you guys who are out on the rendezvous today, you're checking out different life groups, you're, you're, you're wrestling with the idea of whether or not you think you have time to be a part of a life group, if you even want to be a part of a life group, this is my encouragement to you. Give it three weeks. Something happens on week three that just takes you to a whole new level. So, uh, if, as you're walking around out there today, if you don't see a life group that matches the day or the time that you're looking for, come on, start one. And it doesn't have to be a freedom group. Freedom is what we're kind of spotlighting over the last two semesters only because we know the power of freedom. And we are expecting everybody who goes through freedom to like somebody in that group to actually lead a freedom group the next semester. That way we can continue watching people go through life change. Amen, everyone. It's a, it's a good season to be in right now at church. You know, I'm going to point to a scripture. It's not, in, it's not on screen. It's just what, something that the Lord gave me uh, right before I walked on. Uh, the Bible says this. We have a responsibility in our worship service on the weekend. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, it says, For unto us was the gospel preached. All right? So this is, this is the King James Version. They got it. You guys are sharp. Come on, give it up for the production team. Amen. I just did it right before stage, and they look at them. They're just, right, they're just there. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. In other words, we're, we're all here. We're all in church today, right? We're all in church. We're hearing things. The same gospel is being preached all over the world, right? But the Bible says, but the word preached did not profit them. Well, why not? We know that there's enough power in the Word of God alone to change your life. Well, why did the Word not profit those who heard it? Well, the Bible says, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. We have a responsibility today to lean into the message. I know we're, uh, we're progressing through the book of James chapter 1. And uh, we've been in one, the chapter 1, all month long. And uh, it's, it's one of those things that if we're not careful, we can be like, this is going to this is going to last the entire year. That's OK if it lasts the entire year. We don't know when the series is going to end. What we do know is every single week, if we will mix what's being taught, if we'll mix the word with a little bit of faith, that we're going to be changed as a result of it. Amen, everyone. And so let's jump ahead to verse 12, James chapter 1, verse 12. If you brought a Bible, you can track along with us or a mobile device that has a Bible app. If not, we're going to throw the scriptures up on the screen. As always, my notes are available on YouVersion. So if you want to see what I'm seeing, you can, you can go to YouVersion, click the live, uh, the live example there, the live services, find our church, and my notes are there every single week for you. James chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Thanks, James. Here we go again, right? Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are 
dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. I want to camp out in these scriptures today. So we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit, and this is where you mix faith, all right? This is where you lean in. This is where something on the inside of you switches, and you pay attention, and you ask the Holy Spirit, even as I'm praying, Lord, let this message minister to me, however you see fit, right? This is how one person can come and, and another person can come and, and even two different services on our weekend and, and meet for lunch afterwards and, and as you're talking about the message, get completely different things from it. It's because the Holy Spirit is going to minister directly to you today. All right? Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Lord, we lean in once again to your presence and to the Holy Spirit. And Father, my prayer is, is that I would be led based upon who's in the room. Father God, that you would give me utterance, that I would not just speak my words, but I would be led by your Spirit and speak your words. But Lord, we know that the Holy Spirit is using the Word of God and is ministering to every single person individually, Father. So Father, I thank you that there's a weight and a responsibility that comes with your, your Word. Father, we're, we want to grow. We want to mature. We want to take a giant step in our faith today. So, Lord, we lean in and we mix faith with this. We trust you for your leading and your guiding in Jesus' name. Amen. So last weekend, if you were here, you know that um, at the end of all three of our services, I gave an invitation for people who may have not began a relationship with Jesus to do that or maybe had walked away from Jesus and they wanted, they were looking for an opportunity to reconnect in their faith. Last week... We had 28 people say yes to Jesus last week. Come on. Amen. 28 people. That is something to celebrate. I've got friends in ministry who don't see 28 conversions or salvations the whole year long. And we had 28 people last week give their heart to Jesus. And here's what I know. I know when I said yes to a relationship with Jesus, I assumed that once I said yes to Jesus that all my fleshly desires would just kind of disappear. You know what I mean? It's like now I'm born again. I have this relationship with Jesus. And they did for a season. Like I definitely could tell I was a brand new person. But the reason why those, those fleshly desires disappeared was because of the climate in which I was in at the time. I was a part of a larger youth group um, in Broken Arrow. And there was just accountability in that. Um, we did a lot of stuff together. We hung out. It was kind of that iron sharpens iron, what the Bible talks about in Proverbs. It's like iron sharpens iron. That's what was happening in this accountability group. And I always heard stories of people who had these 180 changes. You know, they find Jesus. Maybe they were the, you know, they were, they were the, as bad as it gets. And then all of a sudden they have a, this relationship with Jesus and now they're just brand new. And I've heard stories like that. And I assumed that was the way it happened with everyone. But it wasn't too long before those old temptations, those old relationships begin to resurface the opportunity to 
I'll just call it what it is. To go back to who I was presented itself. And I've been doing this pastoring thing now for 27 years. And I've seen it again and again and again. Every single person, well, okay, not every. Most people who have an encounter with Jesus Christ, there will be a moment in time, and it's different for everybody. Some people it happens pretty quick to when they receive Jesus. Other people it may be a year or two. But there will be this moment in time when you come to this, what I call this D point or this decision point in life. It's this fork in the road, and you'll have an opportunity to choose Am I going to continue to be this new person? Am I going to continue to live like my life is different? Am I going to continue to live in the revelation and the newness of the word? Or am I going to go back to who I was? Am I going to, am I going to revert back to the way I used to react or respond? It's this decision point. And I've seen it again and again and again in life. We all have this opportunity at some point where life hits us and we're tempted to respond or react the way we used to. Maybe our temper flares. Maybe, uh, maybe we result to some kind of a, um, uh, a behavior that used to kind of numb us. And the temptation, because life hits us, is to say, am I going to be this new person or am I going to go back to who I was? And I don't want to, I mean, I'm not saying this to strike fear into the hearts of new believers. I'm only telling you this to let you know what's going on. The Bible talks about the trial of your faith. And as much as I would love to say I've caught every one of the people who worship with us at church in that D point, you know, when they're spinning out of control or when we're starting to see things happen, and I've been right there to catch them, I haven't. I haven't, and we're getting better. We're getting better at recognizing the signs. We're getting better to, to recognize when people are kind of starting to tailspin out of control, which is why you need a life group. Because if you're waiting for Pastor Darian to call you, you're going to be disappointed. Okay? Which is why you need a life group. You need people who see you, who know you, who have your phone number. Well, I put it on the connection card. You've got it, Pastor. Maybe, but i got to go look for it. You know what I mean? And there are people who are actually looking for you today. They're waiting for you to walk in. They're looking across the room. Is, is so-and-so here? Is that couple here? Is that family here? I haven't seen them for a couple of weeks. If you're looking for that and you're hoping it's Pastor Darian that's, that's going to that's gonna see you or miss you in that moment, it may take me three or four weeks before I go, have, you, have we seen that family? No, it's these people that we do life with. Are you with me, friends? And so if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for people, and I'll say this, after doing this now for 27 years, the ones who tell spin out of their faith are the ones who aren't connected in any real way. Or the ones who have been connected but now are disconnecting themselves. Friends, when you begin to pull back from serving, when you begin to pull back from life groups, you begin to pull back from church, it, listen, I've been doing this a long time. It's just a matter of time. Because when we're not constantly in a presence of worship, we're not constantly in, in the presence of God, all of a sudden we begin le believing lies. All of a sudden we begin believing, uh, we start fabricating stories. And before too long, we're spinning out of control. 
this is why the Bible says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You know, there's this thought that out there that would suggest that God just blesses people no matter what. Like you just, you get saved and the blessing of the Lord rests on you and everything's going to be fine and dandy and I can live however I want to because God just blesses my mess. You know what I mean? He just blesses my mess and preachers, I believe, are doing a great job of communicating about the goodness of God. I believe we who do what I do are doing a great job talking about his mercy and his grace and his provision. And we've done a great job of clearing God's name of this thought that God is just a God of judgment and persecution, right? And, and he's just waiting to, you know, slap you. That's not his character. But inadvertently, what I think we've done is we've made it out like we have precious little to do with God's blessing in our life. Blessed, the Bible says, is the one who perseveres under trial. Like, this is New Testament. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. The blessing of God is not just automatic. Are you with me, friends? It's not just automatic. We have to know the character of God. We have to have some gumption about us. We have to appropriate the Word of God in our lives. That way we're walking in those blessings. And if it's true that we will all face these moments at some point in our faith journey where we'll have this decision, are we going to stay, you know, kind of the direction where we're going? Or are we going to revert back? If that's true, then why would God even allow us to go through stuff like that? Why would God tempt us like that? Why would God even allow those types of things to happen? We'll look at verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, oh, God is tempting me. God's, God's trying me here. God's tempting me. For God, the Bible, the, the holy word of God says, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. He doesn't tempt anyone. God is not at the will of the stuff that's going on in your life. He's not the one causing these things to happen. And we'll talk to people all the time who are like, you know, I don't know what God's up to, but whew, I'm really going through it right now. Why are you assuming that that's God doing that? Tyra and I, we knew a, a young man who, he was a teenager, and teenagers can be teenagers. They're, they're all knuckleheads. They're, they're all knuckleheads, all right? You were a teenager. You were a knucklehead, all right? That's just how it is. And so he was a knucklehead, and, and you know, he was, he, was, he was really into athletics. He was playing basketball. I don't remember how he did it, but he fell, broke his wrist, had to be in a cast, um, just got released from, from his cast, got released to play ball again. And he goes back, his very first game back, he takes an elbow, coming up for a rebound, takes an elbow to the face, to the cheekbone, and just shatters his skull, this whole part of his, his skull. Yeah, gross, I know. Has to go get reconstructive surgery, and like, it's a, it's a big deal. 
and um, his parents, you know, loved Jesus, and, uh, and he, I, w- I just happened to be around them when they made this statement. He was like, why do you think, why do you think I, keep, I keep doing, why do you think I keep injuring myself, Mom? Why do, why do you think I keep injuring myself? And, and they said this phrase to him, well, what's the Lord trying to tell you, bub? What's the Lord trying to tell you, bub? And in that moment, he connected his broken wrist and his smashed face to some kind of judgment that the Lord is doing to him to get his attention. You do not see that in Scripture. See, this is why so many people are pulling away from God and therefore the church is because they see God as this domineering bully who just wants to do whatever it takes to get your attention. God is, all through his word, it says the same thing. He is a loving father who sent his one and only begotten son to the earth to pay the ultimate price for our salvation, our healing, and our health. Can I get an amen, someone? This is why Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hung on the tree. Well, if Christ at the cross redeemed us, in other words, paid for the curse of the law by becoming the curse of the law for us, we need to understand what the curse of the law is so we know what Christ paid for for us so we don't have to pay for it anymore. The curse of the law, according to the Old Testament, you can go back and track it down. I don't got time to go there today, but you just go search it out for yourself. It includes sickness. It includes poverty. And it includes spiritual death. Christ redeemed you and redeemed me from sickness, poverty, and spiritual death. If you don't believe that, go look it up for yourself. Don't take someone else's opinion on it. Well, I've just never heard this before. Well, go read it. Go to the source. Go to, the, go to God's Word itself, and you will see what I'm talking about. So if Christ has redeemed us from sickness, from poverty, and from spiritual death, he would never use something that he has redeemed you from, that he has paid the ultimate price for to teach you a lesson. Are you with me, friends? He would never forsake what Jesus Christ did just so he can teach you and I a lesson. He wouldn't do that. So then what is happening? Well, verse 13, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Oh, I said that. Verse 14, but each person is tempted, okay, how? When they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. The Bible says each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. I like that dragged away. You know what I mean? Each person is dragged away. That's what it feels like sometimes. 
doesn't it? It feels like you're being dragged back into an old life. You know, if, you were, if you're caught in a web of secret sin, it drags you away. And listen, friends, let's just be honest. This is your place, church. You can be real. You don't have to pretend to be something that you're not. You can, you can have a genuine conversation. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to go, <gasps> well, Christians should not do that. We're going to be like, yeah, I've been there. Been there. Come on, let me show you how I, let me show you how I, how I got it, how I got past this thing. Are you with me, friends? Dragged away. It starts as a casual drink with friends, and then you're dragged back into addiction. Are you with me? Starts as a harmless comment to your spouse, and then all of a sudden you're dragged into a fight. It starts with an innocent glance at social media, but then you're dragged back into a pornography addiction. It starts with an innocent error in a billing situation, but you got away with it. And you realize that they're not looking for it. And the next thing you know, you're dragged into cheating the government. You're dragged into cheating a client. You're dragged into cheating on whatever. See, the Bible refers to our own evil desires. It's us. It's our flesh. It is the result of living in a fallen world. It's your old life trying to creep back in. Well, then it says, and enticed. Well, enticed means exactly how it sounds. It's enticing. You know the worst thing about temptation? It's tempting. <laughs> you know? The worst thing about temptation is that it's tempting. You want to do it. That's the worst thing. It's desire. There is an actual, we're not just pretending here. We're not just making face. Well, I don't have those desires anymore. Yeah, you do. Until you can flush them out with the word of God. Until you, until you mature in the things of God, there's things there that you better deal with. It is an, it's a desire. And I think for some of us, we have this encounter with Jesus and we assume all the desire to sin is just going to go away. And then we're caught off guard when we're right smack in the face of it again. Then, the Bible says, verse 15, after desire has conceived. In other words, it started as just a thought process. In other words, it's just all happening in here and in here. And you're like, you have an opportunity in this moment to kind of be like Joseph. And you see something going down to run but if you don't, the Bible says, when desire has conceived. In other words, it's not just a thought, it's a click. It's not just a thought, it's a phone call. It's a contact. It's, 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 a, it's just one bottle. It's just one more hit. It's just it's when desire has conceived, that moment, that moment, when it goes from here to action, it gives birth to sin. Now, we don't talk a lot about sin because I feel like people who do what we do, that's all they talk about, sin, hell, and damnation. That's not your place, church. But the Bible talks about it, so we need to talk about it. Notice when sin is sin, not when it's a thought. It's when the thought becomes an action. 
That's the sin part. So listen, even though you're wrestling with thoughts, it doesn't mean you're, you're still some filthy sinner. No. It's when you can't stop the thought from becoming an action. It gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. And we read that and we're like, is my mama going to die? I'll say this. It's been my experience. Then anytime a desire has conceived and become sin, and I've done something knowing it was wrong, something on the inside of me dies. It's true. Something there, something on the inside of us dies when we choose to do something on the inside of us. Well, the devil made me do it. We're not going to use that one. If you are born again, the devil has no control over you. It is a choice. It is an action that we do. So let me show you why this is a big deal. How come this is a big deal? Why can't you, why can't you just receive me in all my grace and all my sin and all my gunk? Like, I thought that's... We do, and he does. But here's why this is, becomes a big deal, because the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 19... This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, not Jesus, not the Holy Spirit, none of those, our own hearts condemn us, the Bible says. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. And then look at him, dear friends, he's trying to get your attention. Come on, friends, listen. If our hearts do not condemn us, in other words, if we're living in a place of freedom, if we're living in a place of forgiveness, if we're living in a place of holiness, like things, like everything just seems to be hitting right now, like popping, like things are well, if our own hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And we receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and we do what pleases him. We have confidence. We'll flash back to our faith conversation. What is faith? Confidence. Confidence. When our heart condemns us because we're willingly doing something that we know we shouldn't, All of a sudden, God is not being like, shame on you. We're going, oh, man, that, that, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. We've all felt that feeling before. Well, in that moment, there is no confidence. In that moment, I mean, come on, your faith is out the window because we are so convicted. We are so torn up. Sin and sin consciousness, unworthiness, will short-circuit your faith. It's not a matter of qualifying for the blessing of God, because we all qualify through through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's whether or not we are confident before God in believing Him to receive that. If the enemy can get you and keep you in disobedience... 
keep you from having a clear conscience, you won't be strong enough to receive and believe. Believe and receive. Does this make sense, friends? This, this is where forgiveness gets real. This is where forgiveness gets real. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Everybody has sin. We were born into sin. The Bible goes on to say, If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's this moment... You know, I heard it said, you don't truly understand forgiveness until you've been forgiven. So it's in moments like this where you allow the Word of God to minister to you, and you're like, I wouldn't forgive me. Why would God forgive me? But yet you come into this moment, and you're like, Father, sorry? Forgive me? Restore me, like help me in this addiction, help me with this secret sin, help me, which is why we encourage life groups. This rendezvous right here today, this is not because we think it's a great idea. This is for you. This is for you. Go out there, look around. We genuinely believe that life change happens in the context of relationships. I got set free as the pastor of your place church while attending a freedom life group. It's that important. Why? Because after about week three, if you can endure it, well, my schedule, I'm not going to be able to make all of them. Make as many as you can. Because here's what we found out, at least the groups I've been leading. There have been gentlemen in our groups who, who need they, their travel. They were like, I can't make all of them. But then as we started going through it, their schedule just miraculously changed around for them. And those nights that they were supposed to be gone were the nights they found freedom. I'm telling you, there are men in this service right here, right now, that I am close with because we went through freedom together. We experienced life change together. Things are real to us. And we kind of have that blood brother thing happening right now because we, we trusted each other with it. And you know what? There are things that was in the dark that are now in the light that have no power over us anymore. Amen, everyone? So find you a life group. Find you a life group and get free. James closes basically, don't, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Hey, don't be deceived. Don't think it's something that it's not. Don't think that God is someone who he isn't. Don't be deceived. It's not God, (coughs) excuse me, tempting you. It is our own evil desires, and we need to deal with them. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised for those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, 
after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when, and when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived about what? About God and his character, his love for you. What do you need to know? James tells us, listen, every good and perfect gift that you're enjoying right now, that you're experiencing right now, is from above. It's from God coming down to you to enjoy. The Bible says that God uh, gives us <clears throat> the ability to, to have, one translation says, have and enjoy life. To gain and enjoy wealth, the Bible says. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be some kind of first fruits of all he created. Who is God's actual character? What is his actual character? He gives us gifts. He loves us. He sent his son to die for us. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. You don't have to walk into the presence of God and ever wonder, I wonder what kind of mood he's in. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's, God's not moody. He's not a moody God. Every single time you walk into the throne room of your heavenly father, he's like I am with my grandson. Come here, buddy. Come on, walk to me. Walk to me. Every single time. That's the way he is. He doesn't change. He's, he's not like I saw you last night. I saw you last week. I can't even believe you walked in church today. He's not that way. He's going, come here. Let me pick you up and hold you close. Let me be the one who restores your soul. Amen, friends. Yes. Blessed is the person who perseveres. Blessed is the person who understands God's goodness and his grace. Who recognizes that, you know what, there's a, there's a point in my life in the future that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to make a decision, pre-decide that when that moment hits you, I'm sticking with Jesus. I'm sticking with Jesus because here's what we found. The people who can't remember the point is because that, de that decision point came up to them. They just stayed with Jesus and it just passed them right on by. The ones who remember an encounter, the ones who remember a relationship that dissolved, the ones that remember a church that they feel like wasn't there for them is because they went and they spiraled out of control. No one was there to pick me up. Are you with me, friends? It's us. God is not up there waiting for us to sin and go, aha, I got you. No, no. Sin saps us of our, of our confidence. And understand that grace and Forgiveness is in the presence of Jesus. Amen. Can I pray with you guys? I believe that the Lord is moving today, and I know a lot of people received Jesus last week, but I think there's just the moment here that I think can happen. I don't think. I know. If you're in the room, and you know who you are, heads are bowed, just bow your heads, bow your heads. I'm not going to I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to do kind of the whole raise your hand thing because 
I just believe so much that what can happen over the next few minutes can change your life forever. We're just going to let it be between you and, and your heavenly Father. If that's you, there is some secret desire. You're enticed. The worst thing about temptation is it's tempting. You're being tempted. <clears throat> and it's not just a, it's not just doing life in a fallen world. Like you, you are tempted. An inappropriate relationship, a conversation that's gone too far, a, a substance abuse, an addiction. That's you. What I want you to do in this moment, I want you just to have an encounter with Jesus. And just under your breath, I just want you to own it. I just want you to own it. Just own it. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. Because God's not going to turn you away. He's not going to be disappointed. He's going to say, come here. Come here. Let me, let me, let me help you. Because he knows. So right now, if that's you, just say, that's me. And then under your breath, just, just tell him what that addiction is. Just tell him what that secret sin is. Just tell him what that relation, who, just name, name, name her. Name him. Just do it right here, right now, between you and Jesus. Heavenly Father, we know that every good and perfect gift is from you. It comes down from you, our Father. The Bible refers to you as the heavenly lights. Oh, I don't want to walk around. We don't want to walk around in darkness any longer, God. We want to be set free. Turn on the light in this area. Help us to see it, Father. Father, right now, all of us in the room, if there's an area of our life where we're struggling, God, we just ask you to forgive us right here, right now. God, this is where forgiveness gets real. And then cleanse, cleanse our consciousness. Bible says that you're quick to forgive us of our sin if we actually confess it to you. So Father, we, we pray, set us free from that. Set us free from that right now in Jesus' name. Just, just receive the spirit of freedom right now in your life. Just breathe in the, the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We worship you. Jesus name. Now heads are heads are still bowed, eyes are still closed. If you've never began a relationship with Jesus and you would like to today, I would like to pray for you, but I want to know who I'm praying for. Is there anybody like that? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You can just put your hand up, put it right back down. Anybody else like that? We can pray for you before we leave today. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.